Hi, this is the Social Jello with Angelo show. My name's Angelo. I'm a social scientist, surfer, martial artist, and a whole lot of other things. Coming to you live from Kasai City, Japan, the Social Jello with Angelo show. All right, so before we get started with the introduction, today we're going to be talking about American karate versus Japanese karate with、uh, Rob Roland of Combat Self Defense.、Uh, we'll go into more details there. More topics that we're going to be discussed is the bigger, broader discussion between Japanese martial arts and American martial arts, Japanese culture and American culture, and how that works with martial arts and why people are watching what they do between the UFC and Risen and other promotions. Check it out. What's up? And welcome to Social Jello with Angelo podcast.、Um, I'm not sure which episode this is, but I want to thank all my listeners and supporters. Especially the Kenpo community. They really pulled through, and I finally went over a thousand subscribers. Yeah, they're sitting there arguing with people about forums. And then I have the Hawaiian Kenpo. They're both Kenpo. Then I have the Hawaiian Kenpo guys arguing about why forums shouldn't be there. They're going at it in my comments, which、uh, I stay out of. <laughs> I honestly don't. <laughs> I stay out of, I stay out of,、uh, I should say, I stay out of arguments. I'll, I'll have a conversation with someone on my show, but I stay out of arguments. In the comments, unlike Rob. <laughs> yeah, I'm there to engage with people. I'm there to engage. <laughs> uh, Rob, Rob told me I should engage, and I do say stuff like, thanks for watching the show. <laughs> That's as far as I'll go. Here's the thing you're the kid that shows up with like the beehive, and you're like, figure it out, and then you run away before,、yeah. the, before they come out. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I, I shake the beehive and run.、Um, but yeah, I do want to thank both, both communities, uh, uh, the, the entire martial arts community. As well as the Kembo community. I, I do Kaju Kembo, as you know.、Um, it's not the Kaju Kembo podcast, as much as people keep saying that.、Um, but they have supported the show, and I finally hit、uh, that amount that now this is an official YouTube channel. And、uh, it's, well, it already was an official YouTube channel. I, didn't, I wasn't an affiliate. I was an affiliate. I can do a whole episode about that. But that's not the point. This episode is called American Karate versus Japanese Karate. And that subscribe, like, all that crap. Let's get started with the topic. Why am I talking about this? Why did I say that? I've, I've, on the thumbnail, you see a Japanese karate guy and an American karate guy,、uh, Chuck Norris, unless they, YouTube gets mad at me for using that thumbnail. That's what I'm going to use.、Um, what's up? Is there a difference? Why is there a difference? This came up with a conversation. Rob of Combat Self Defense, I always do this all like a fucking mixed salad. Um, <laughs> subscribe to his channel. I mean, if I did this right, you already saw that earlier in the little thing that comes up. Um, me and him were having a conversation about how Hyukushin Karate, he was telling me about how he, well, I'll just let you tell him. Tell me why, what's up? You liked Hyukushin Karate, your impression. You tell me what I, you told me. You tell them. You can say it. This all started. I mean, the real gestation of this conversation was me asking you how Kajukembo is viewed in Japan and what people think about it. You've already said multiple times on this podcast and between ourselves that it, they'll tell you it's not karate, that it's its own thing, which is fine. That's totally fair. But then you transplant that to America and you tell people, I do Kajukembo. They're like, what the hell is Kajukembo? Short answer is it's karate, right? And I'm not saying that in the way that, like, Your mom thinks everything is karate the way she thinks Brazilian Jiu Jitsu is karate. I'm saying that in the way of it's easier to, it's closer to karate than it is to 
Muay Thai or Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu or Judo. It is closer to that. So I asked you, what makes it not karate? What has people from Japan saying, this is not what it is? And you went on this list of like, it's 10 different things that you have to have certain requirements and be in good standing with a certain organization to consider whatever you're doing karate. And Kachu Kembo doesn't bother with that. So therefore, it's not. So then I went on to say, man, like, I was as a kid, I always wanted to be a karate black belt. So to hear that, like, somebody would say that I'm not by saying it's Kachu Kembo, I was like, well, then I should have probably gone to Kyokushin, which is really what I wanted to start with when I was younger. I really wanted to do Kyokushin. You know, I like the big white gi. I like the body punching. I like all that. I felt like that would have been easier to describe to people. And it would have gotten me farther as a martial artist sooner than Kachu Kembo did. To which you were telling me, bro, no, Kyokushin, the OG Kyokushin is kind of a joke here in Japan. It's not, it's not, you know, touch button, the park levels are bad, but it's not good. To which I responded here in the US, Kyokushin is pretty well respected. People that do Kyokushin, they're savage punchers and low kickers. They don't punch to the head, but I mean, that's, that's the sport, right? It's like, you don't complain about baseball players not being able to kick a ball. The sport of Kyokushin is really well respected here. So we went on this really long conversation about what is and isn't karate and why Kyokushin is, well, you didn't tell me all the reasons why Kyokushin is kind of not respected in Japan. You said, let's save it for the conversation. So here we are. Probably clarify, it's not that Kyokushin is not respected in Japan. It's respected in Japan. I think that's what we have to clarify real quick. It's respected in Japan. And then there's a lot of layers to this. So the reason I was kind of shocked that you're like, well, I think Kyokushin would have got me farther than Kaji Kembo was, again, the rule set. Like, right off the bat, the rule set is the part where I'm like, well... And then you mentioned in the conversation, you said, well, the Kyokushin school I was thinking of going to has a lot of people that moved on to MMA. And I was even more like... <laughs> back by, the, by that statement. Because out here in Japan... Kyokushin is very traditional. It's, it's, again, it's, it's not that it's not respected, it's respected. It's just Kyokushin is very traditional, and so is a lot of the Japanese styles of karate. In general, they're very traditional. Most of them do not punch to the face. A lot of them do not punch to the face. And we have, now we have to differentiate, and I don't know, I don't want this to turn, there's people that know more about the history and they'll Google and do all that stuff. I'm not doing that. I'm just telling you boots on the ground, what I see every day when I go into a place and I meet people that say I do Kyokushin or I do open glove karate. And we're going to break down what these things are um, from my experiences, not from Googling. Because if I Googled it, the, the problem with the internet, everybody wants to, I always talk about this. Everybody wants to be a badass on the internet. So it doesn't matter what martial art you look up on Google, it's going to look badass. They're going to make sure they put all their strongest people. And I'm just telling you about your everyday, if you go out there, what you'll probably see. And with the Kyokushin guys, they're strong fighters. They're strong punch, uh, okay punchers, um, strong kickers, strong leg kickers. I don't like. I don't want to be leg kicked by no Kyokushin guy. Their body training, like you, like they can take hits to the body and to the legs. They're very good at that, but they are awful at taking punches to the face because, like you said earlier, it's not in their sport, and they don't want to do it either. So that's why I was kind of confused and you said oh this kyokushin school's got a lot of mma fighters because out here boots to the ground not including exceptions there are exceptions to this i'm not i'm not going to generalize even though generalizing will get me more views i'm not going to generalize um i was talking to hackleman and he met a kyokushin guy and i forgot his name and if you look him up 
it's the first Kyukushin match against Muay Thai. If you look at Muay Thai versus Kyukushin, there's a video that comes mm. up. And there's this guy who gets so many leg kicks, he falls over and grabs on his leg and loses leg kicks. That guy. If you look it up on YouTube, that guy ended up studying Muay Thai. Yep. And then he went up to Europe. He went to Europe somewhere. And I forgot what part. And he ended um, up... Amsterdam. Okay, Amsterdam. Yeah. And then he ended up incorporating the Dutch style or kickboxing, I think it is, with Muay Thai, because he really liked Muay Thai. And then he brought that back to Japan. And then he somehow kept in good standing with the Kyukushin people. And they started crossing people into Kyukushin, into kickboxing. And I'm, I'm believing nowadays maybe MMA. I don't know where that's happening. It's not happening where I live. This is a story I heard. And if you look on the internet, it's there. And I'm not saying it's not true. But in my 10 years of living here, the, all the Kyukushin guys I've met are not interested in kickboxing, are not interested in MMA, are very much like the traditional old school karate guys that believe that they like what they were doing then. They understand this is where it's at now with modern martial arts, but that's not what we do is kind of their view of it. And again, then I have to really clarify, it's not that Kyukushin, all martial arts, by the general public, all martial arts are respected. It's not really about respect. But from my perspective, every Kyukushin guy I know, I'm willing to fight on their rule set. They are not willing to fight at my rule set. It's pretty simple. Like, I've only had one guy, one guy do it, and he lasted. He, we, we didn't even go my full rule set. We only did kickboxing rule set. A kickboxing rule set, a Muay Thai kickbox. No, not even Muay Thai, because Muay Thai would include a sweep throw, right? <clears throat> we just did Japanese kickboxing rule set, which is low leg kicks, no sweeps, a clinch that allows one knee to the body and not to the head. And he just couldn't handle the punches. Like the, the face punches were just too much. Yeah. Like within the first minute or two, he, the first punch he took, and I'm not, we're not going hard, we're going light. You know me, I don't, well, you, you know, he never sparred me, but you've, you've known me long enough to know that. I don't go in swinging for the fences on people. Um, it was light contact, but he just he found it so frustrating, flustering and annoying that eventually he finally said, I don't want to do this. Can we just go back to my Kyukushin rule set? And his other yeah. guy did the same thing. He had another guy from a Japanese. He was from New Zealand. I had another guy from Japan, uh, one of his buddies from his organization. Same thing. Uh, it lasted about a minute after like the third or fourth jab. to the, And I wasn't even hitting him the nose. I, I do a top of the head. I do a top of the head rule, so I kept popping him the top of the forehead. And after about 30 seconds or a minute of that, he's like, I don't like this. Can we just do Kyukushin? I'm like, that's fine. I don't mind. Um, so that's that's why it's kind of weird. So, like, as far as American karate versus Japanese karate, that conversation that we were having is it made me realize that there's a thing, there's this thing that's called American karate. And I think it's coming from the open martial arts tournaments that are being held in America. Those are not held in Japan. You do not have an open martial arts tournament. The organizations, like I was telling you earlier, you have the Kyukushin organization, and they will work only with the Kyukushin organization. There's several Kyukushin organizations, and they will only work with their divisions of Kyukushin organization. So when you said earlier about how I wanted to come out here, and I always kind of thought Kajukembo, I mean, literally, I, my shirt says this, but my instructor's shirts will say Kajukembo Karate. Yep. Literally, so a, lot of Kaj, yeah, a lot of Kaj schools have karate right there. So I figured, okay, that's where I want to go. That would probably be the easiest place to go to 
have people, and I, I, I don't know, I came from America, so I thought an open martial arts tournament would be perfect for the kids. You'll have a few different divisions, but they didn't have it. And I had to approach an organization called the Japanese uh, uh, Association. It was like JMAF or JFAA or whatever. It was like a, it was an organization put together by Japanese karate guys. Now, those are different from the Kyukushin guys. These guys are more of the karate you see in the Olympics. Um, they have like the point sparring. And they also have another division, which looks like continuous sparring. But they allow low leg kicks, and it's the Japanese kickboxing also about, where they allow a clinch with one knee, no knees to the head. They have that division. And then they have their kata and bunkai. They actually have a bunkai division, which is. I think I've seen this. And I was trying to figure out, like, when I was talking to the guy in Japan. We're translating, and I'm, my Japanese is not great. I'm like, well, what do you mean? He's like, well, for you to be a part of an organization, first of all, you got to pay. I think it was like a few thousand dollars to be in this organization itself. Um, you have to be sponsored. And I could I could have gotten the sponsorship because my kickboxing coach was part of that organization. And they do this thing called open glove karate, which is the kickboxing rules that I'm telling you about. And uh they had Japanese terms for all of this, which I'm not gonna Google. You can Google it yourself if you're watching. And one was the forms one was like just your traditional form, whatever that is from your style. And they did have different styles of karate in here. I'm guessing they had like the Shotokan and there's Duns and no, not Duns and Ryu, like Ryu something, right? They have different styles of karate within karate. And if you pay the association fees, you can be in this organization and do this. But where I got really stuck was the Bunkai. Yeah. I was like, okay, I have forms and I should, I sent them a video of one of my forms. I sent, I think I, I sent them a Palama set. I'm like, hey, would this be enough to qualify? Like, are you, are you is your organization strict about learning it from a Japanese person? Like, no, we're just looking at categories of like stances and, directions you move in so i showed him the palava sets and he's like oh yeah that would fit this category the non-bunkai the non-bunkai set of forms that that's what you're doing right there and he called it something like all right cool what about the i don't know i've never heard of bunkai being part of i've heard of the concept never heard of it being judged or you know tournaments yeah and essentially he said oh you know it's, it's what you do in self-defense so then i said okay hold on a second so then i sent him I grabbed my self-defense sets from Kaju Kembo. We have those self-defense punch tricks and stuff. I sent them two punch tricks together. I did one punch trick and then turn around and like face the other direction and did another punch trick. Sent them that. And it's like, is this Bunkai? He's like, that's Bunkai. And I was just scratching the top of my head. <laughs> I was like, wait a second. Okay. All right. So you guys are doing self-defense with no opponent. Like what, what we would consider a self-defense division in the open martial arts, American martial arts tournaments, you guys are doing as a form. But I'm like, well, do you guys have a self-defense division? And then they also had a self-defense division. And I'm like, okay, that's interesting. I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna join it. I was like, I, I think, I, I think I'm going in the wrong direction. Like where I want to go with my Kajukembo, I don't want to go in that direction. Oh, and they had the points one. Oh, and this is again American karate versus Japanese karate. In open martial arts tournaments, and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, a lot of the open martial arts tournaments are kind of adopting the Taekwondo Olympic point sparring rule set, yeah. where it's where it's very light contact. You can do like a back fist, um, very light contact to the face. Um, you, they're not too strict about what punch technique you do, but it can't be full contact. And who, if and you when you're done, you have to do that quick drawback to get the point. Um, which ends up rendering it to a lot of kicks to the body because there's there's a lot more points to kicks to the body. It's easier to do that. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, what the rules that I'm becoming familiar with, um, I don't know if this is a change or this is just becoming more clear. Your strike has to be meaningful without being full contact. So like if you were to tap me like that, that I think if it was like 10 years ago, that would have counted as a point. Now you have to make me move a little bit. It has to be meaningful now, but it's still like barely any contact. So yes, but I think they're trying to change it. I'm not sure. Okay. And then, so the weird thing is, then let's go back to Japanese karate. In their point sparring, I showed uh, one of my clients is a Japanese karate champion. He, uh, he's, when he was a teenager, he's an adult now, he, he doesn't compete, but when he was a teenager, he was a Japanese karate champion. And I showed him at the open martial arts tournament, it was a Kajukembo tournament to be specific. And when he saw the guys hitting, he said, again, that's not karate. And I thought point sparring is the most karate thing you could be. Like, <laughs> in my opinion, if I think karate in the United States, like point karate is one of the first things that I see a lot of people doing. So I was kind of shocked again. I'm like, why do you not think it's karate? And he's like, well, first of all, the guy threw a hook punch. And I'm like, well, wait, that's not allowed? He's like, no. Um, in Japanese karate, it must be only a straight punch, drawn back, reverse punch style. Um, I believe it can be a back fist, but it has to be a specific back fist, not the back fist we do. It's a very specific type of back it fist. It has to be this do. one, right? I think so. And you have to draw back yeah. the elbow for the mm -hmm. point. And is it this one? The... Yeah, I think I think it was. Yeah, I think it might have been. I think it might have been that one, the straight one, right? Or like the, the yeah. vertical one. But it cannot be. You know how sometimes we do like that, and we'll keep our hands. Yeah, you open? can't snap it. You can't snap it. It has to be like boom, and then drawn back. Interesting. And and then uh and yeah, and that's about it. There was only like two or three punch techniques that are allowed to be considered point worthy in Japanese karate, and he also said. He, he used the word kitanai. It's dirty, he said. I'm like, well, what, what do you mean it's dirty? He's like, the way you guys are fighting is very dirty. Like, the way the guy kind of came in and used his body and pressured the guy away, which we do that a lot. You see this a lot in all the open martial arts. You even see this in Taekwondo. A guy will, will use his, his speed and power to kind of push the guy back and get his point. Mm -hmm. They don't want to see that. They don't they, – they they I don't know what – why, but <laughs> – from what he explained, he said, that's dirty. That's dirty fighting. You're supposed to be like a very clean hit and then very like samurai showdown, finish yeah. really clean and, and finish in, in your stance and be in a very nice stance. Your stance is very important. Being a bow stance and a horse stance and having that stuff at the end is very important to them for them to consider at the point. And I was like, okay, that's so you're getting very, very specific about your Japanese karate versus American karate in, in this conversation. Now, in the conversation I had with them. That's super interesting. That's, it seems like the difference in philosophy of Japanese versus American martial arts, really, at least going as far as karate is concerned, is that Japan seems to want karate to be its own thing. It's not about transferring over to another sport later on. It seems to be, if you start as a white belt, as a 10th Q, you're going to make it all the way to fit done in karate. You're not going to ex experiment with anything else. Whereas in America, there seems to be this kind of like, I don't want to say unwritten rule, but it's more like an expectation that you're going to do karate until you get good enough to try it in kickboxing or, or MMA, or you're going to do karate until you get your black belt and you're going to do boxing because the ultimate challenge is going to be full contact, minimum rules, 
right? So you can learn something cool from karate, but at the end of the day, you do have to test it, quote unquote, um, in full contact. Um, and so I think that that's where my my opinion of Kyokushin comes from, is that for me, every Kyokushin, my story with Kyokushin is completely different from yours. Every guy that I've ever met that I've sparred with, and I think this is just an American thing, because now, now that I'm saying this, it happens when I train, when I spar with Shotokan guys, when I'm sparring with Jiu-Jitsu guys, even Kempo guys. You can hit them or do something to them that they don't do in their rule set. They will not tell you they don't want to do it anymore. Like, they might not do it with you again. They might not spar with you again, but they'll wait until the round is over. And if that was fun, let's do it again. You'll never see them again. But they'll never tell you, no, let's stop. Let's go back to my rules. And that might be American machismo. You know, like, I'm not going to tell you that you got me. But as far as my relationship with Kyokushin goes and Japanese karate as a whole, it's always been like these guys are willing to trade as hard as they want, as hard as you can, and they're never going to back down. But in the U.S., like I said, the philosophy is about because we're always going to try and get to the apex of full contact, as minimal rules as possible, mixed martial arts or whatever you want to call it, shoot the box, value to the whatever. Whereas in Japan, it's like, no, this is a sport. You're going to play baseball. You're not going to come in here with with hockey pads on. You're going to play baseball the way you play baseball. Karate is a sport. This is how we do karate. I don't think either way is wrong, but I do think America does what America does best, and it kind of muddies things up and changes the rules to make it suit what we want it to be. So from my point of view, and I mean, this, this is anachronistic. This is what America did to karate, the word. It just became a word for martial arts. But in my point of view, it's okay to say, Kaiju Kembo is karate because that's what the KA means in the first place. And the word karate means empty hand. Like the original word means empty hand. So anything that is empty hand, punching, clinching, kicking, throwing, whatever, that's a version of karate. So it's it's a reductionist way of looking at the martial art, but it's also not totally inaccurate. I think. Yeah, and again, and again, I think I think we're touching on a culture aspect here. I think you're really touching on that, and that's what I've noticed from day one. I stopped calling in Japan. I stopped calling Kajukenbo Karate because I realized that even the outsider will most likely have an insider. Because I'm not going to say that everyone. I don't. I'm not going to encourage the stereotype that everyone does martial arts out here. In fact, very little people do. But believe it or not, people say it's the mecca of martial arts. I'm going to get to that next. Um, but not as many people do martial arts. Martial arts is just as popular here, if not maybe a little less than in the United States. And I want to say it's because what are the reasons your typical? I'll, I'll throw this question to you. What are your? What are the reasons your typical American does martial arts? For, I think it's two. Uh, I'm going to lump up. I want to be a professional fighter with fitness. You, that's your workout. Maybe you'll never fight, but that's going to be your number one. It's going to be workout. And number two. Self-defense. People want to learn to protect themselves. Okay. If I ask that same question to a Japanese person, what is the main reason you want to do martial arts? Unless they travel, self-defense probably won't be on there. It'll most likely be because I'm interested in this martial art. That's about it. Why do you want to do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu? Well, because uh, it kind of reminds me of judo. I, had, I asked a Japanese guy, like, why did you get in? I asked my Brazilian jiu-jitsu instructor, why did you get in Brazilian jiu-jitsu? Well, you know, back in the 90s in Japan, when martial arts was at its peak, and it's no longer there anyway, by the way, but when martial arts was at its peak and they were having pride and everything, and I saw, I saw these uh, Brazilians fighting our fighters on a, on, a, on a videotape, I told myself a long time ago I wanted to do that, 
and I never did. So again, it was more of the sports aspect. It was never, and if you ask a Brazilian jiu-jitsu guy, the same question from Brazil, they're going to tell you self-defense right off the bat. They're not going to be like, oh, I saw Gracie take out a guy in a sports setting. They're immediately going to be like, it's fucking dangerous. <laughs> the streets are dangerous, and I need to learn how to defend myself, and Brazilian jiu-jitsu is the most effective way to do that. So again, we're going to split this even more and say, not just American karate, but Western culture versus Eastern culture reasons of getting into something. So they, they're going to get into it for different reasons. Now, going back to karate, um, I, I've said this story to you and on the show before. I had one of my students join and I made the mistake of calling it Kajikimbo Karate. Not, not karate. They asked me, what's Kajikimbo stand for? It's, I used to tell them, oh, it's Ka Karate Jujutsu. I stopped saying it that way. I've said this a thousand times on the show, but I'll say it a thousand times to you and I'll say it again. Now I just tell people it's an American martial art and they're more open. In Japan, if I say it's an American martial art, then they're not going to categorize it according to their categories. Oh, it's American. It's going to be different. Now when I start saying the other stuff, they're going to be like, oh, okay, it's going to be different. It changes their perspective. And the reason is because that student, his uncle was a, and she never mentioned what style, but a Japanese karate champion. And when she said, hey, my son is going to this school and uh, and he's teach he's teaching them karate. She used the word karate. And the uncle looked at it and he looked at my gi and immediately said, that's not karate. He's what's he wearing? He's wearing a black gi. That's not karate. I don't know what he's teaching, but it's not karate. And immediately she pulled him out within a few, few weeks. Like discreetly. She didn't, you know, she didn't say that. She told my my she told my wife the story. She never told me the story. And my wife said, yeah, they said it wasn't karate. And, and maybe it's linked. Maybe it's not. Maybe they, you know, he's, you know, they're still friends with us. And he's still my English student. But he stopped coming to martial arts. He decided to play baseball instead. Um, so maybe there's more to that than I know. But it was definitely a reminder to me that I should, I got to be really careful calling it karate because it makes me look like a fraud in Japan. Right. No, I mean, that makes sense. I mean, first of all, that is the only part of that story you have control of. Right. You said this is karate, which would be the same thing as me teaching kickball and saying it's baseball or cr uh, cricket. Cricket would be a better example. Right. Like to them, it is a hard it is a hard and fast thing. And it's a hard and fast thing that it's not. So that's the only part of that story you have control over, whether or not that's true. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like to put it in martial arts terms, that would be like us as Kajikembo in America saying we teach Brazilian Jiu Jitsu because sometimes we go to the ground. And then. Somebody with a black, a Gracie black belt will look at us and be like, no, you're not. And that's not at all what it is. Yeah. So like, it's fair. It's uh, fair. Yeah, it's fair. It's, it's fair. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not arguing with the result of their, their decision. Yeah. But it, it did make me start thinking about, again, American karate versus Japanese karate. And again, it's a, it's kind of a cultural thing too. Now I want to address, I want to address the second thing. The idea that a lot of American Martial artists, and I'm gonna. I love the Kajikembo community. A lot of the American Kajikembo guys, well, they're all American, really. A lot of the Kajikembo guys, a lot of the Kempo guys, American Kempo guys. And I'm not gonna include the the. I'm gonna include some of the Japanese karate guys. But the thing is that some of those Japanese karate guys in America are connected to people in Japan, so they kind of are. If they actually are connected to the Japanese connections, they know this little conversation. But specifically, the guys that are not. Um, they have this impression that Japan is the mecca of martial arts, that it's the place you're going to go to to really 
explore and become a better martial artist, right? And I would argue America is the true mecca of martial arts, and it's because of its diversity. That's what I. That's that's what I think. We're not. Hang on, I know I put American karate versus Japanese karate. I put versus because I know it would get you to click and watch the show. <laughs> but yeah, but but it's not. It's not. I'm not really trying to say versus here. I'm just trying to point and contrast pros and cons of each style. Because really, I can almost broaden this conversation to American martial arts and Japanese martial arts versus Japanese martial arts. Again, this idea that. A lot of Americans look at Japan because of Karate Kid and a lot of pop cultural stuff and think Japan, that's where you go to get better. And I would argue that no, um, America, because you're going to have people from those countries. I can find a Japanese karate school in America. I can find, for whatever reason, if I wanted to do Kung Fu, I can find a Chinese Kung Fu school. I can find a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu school and I can find a Brazilian teaching it. It's pretty readily available to me. But if you come to Japan, you're not going to find that. You're only going to find that one thing. And maybe you'll find a guy who left and brought it back. But you very rarely find a guy from that country teaching it right here. And if you do, it's like really expensive and really hard to get to. Interesting. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. I do think there's more romanticism about Japan than there is literally anybody telling. Like there are some styles where like the headquarters is based in Japan. I know Aikido, if you want to do Aikido, and you have, to, you have to go to the source, you have to go to Japan. I think Judo is the same way. Um, but yeah, by and large, what I've heard, America is where you want to be. If you, I mean, it's the land of opportunity, particularly in the martial arts community, because this is where you can make a living teaching martial arts and not be particularly big as a school. You know, like we can make livings with a few couple dozen students and be able to provide for our family. Whereas it seems like in other places in the world, and this is not a competition with Japan or with anybody. This is just the, the lay of the land in other places and supply and demand in other places. People tend to not want martial arts as bad in places where they feel like they don't have to defend themselves. Yeah, it's just plain, plain and simple. And I, I think that's the biggest conversation right there is in Japan, most people don't feel they're going to have to defend themselves. And when you look at the laws, they don't really, I, I, not that American laws are drastically different. But they are. I mean, a lot of our self-defense laws are totally different in America than they are in Japan. In Japan, there was a case, and I'm not, I mean, I'm diverting from the Japanese karate versus, but this is still an interesting case. A woman was in her house being assaulted by a stalker with a knife. Her boyfriend comes in, stops the stalker from stabbing his girlfriend. This was all documented. She called the police before the guy was even there. He's documented as a stalker. The police were supposed to stop him. They never did. The boyfriend shows up, stabs the guy. Boyfriend ends up in prison for stabbing someone. Their laws are very meant to be built that if you're being attacked, you're supposed to run away. <laughs> There's victim and attacker. And that's it. And as soon as two people start fighting, whoever is the winner is now the attacker. So like totally different laws, which makes people not want to. You hear you're watching, you know, you're watching the news. You're thinking, oh, shit, well, what the fuck am I supposed to do if I get attacked? Like, <laughs> my options yeah. are very limited. Like, I have to subdue the person without hurting them. I have to be very proficient at that, which not even a very skilled martial artist has a difficult time doing. Your best option is to run. So, like, again, the reason they're going to get into it is a total different reason. Yeah. Um, 
on that note, again, we're kind of veering away from America versus Japan, but it's it's worthwhile context for the conversation. There's a popular idea, and you would tell you know you would know better than I do. How much is martial arts in the schools? Because anime and popular culture will have you believe that every public school has a judo program, a karate program, a kendo program, and that's your PE. How true is that in your experience? That's pretty true. Now, it doesn't come into play till junior high. So in junior high, you are asked to pick a sport, an extracurricular activity. And on the roster will be judo, kendo, not as common karate. The most top two are kendo and judo, mostly because that's what you see in the Olympics. Karate is making a little bit of a comeback because they finally got it in the Olympics that uh, when they had the Olympics out here. But it's still not always on the roster. You'll usually always have kendo and judo on the roster. But here's the weird thing that happens. People join. They do it. Their numbers are okay. Their numbers are okay. Their numbers are probably equivalent to people doing wrestling compared to American football. They're not yeah. bad. People are in America, people are wrestling, but more people are doing American football. Out here, more people are choosing more boys are choosing soccer and baseball, especially baseball, over the traditional martial arts. Well, like as you know, if you from the American perspective, oh, everyone's doing judo, everyone's doing kendo. And, you know, they don't know, they know a little bit about baseball, but they're, they're stocks are the opposite. They love, absolutely love, 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 love. Baseball is like American football for them. Like they will watch a baseball game just because a Japanese player is on the team. So you have people who are fans of like the Angels and fans of like these Amer- American teams, even though they have American, they have Japanese baseball teams out here, but they'll follow not just. American baseball, they'll follow Japanese, they'll follow both. They're huge fans of it. Well, you don't really have that for judo and kendo. Like you'll maybe yeah. have, yeah, like that person, if they win a gold in the Olympics, yeah, we kind of kind of recognize that person. Not as well followed. So that's why I said, like, partially true. It's on the roster. Yeah. But it's just like if I asked you right now, who's the who's the who's the you're in Texas? Who's your who's your who's your national Texas wrestling champion right now? Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but so, yeah, I mean, that's always going to be the case, right? Ball sports are always going to be more popular than martial arts. There's more money in it. Like if my son tells me he wants to do baseball, I'm like, you could probably do pretty well, even if you don't ever go pro. Probably go pretty far and have lots of activity in your life. My thought, though, is if the martial arts are in the school and you can choose, let's say, let's throw a number out. Let's say out of every hundred kids, 20 of them decide to go into martial arts. Respectable, but not anything right home about. If it's in the schools and you grow up with the ability to do it, which is not the case in the U.S., I think you don't want to do it as much when you're an adult. Because okay. same token, wrestling is in the schools here in the U.S. You don't hear about a lot of adults going to wrestling. That's true. That's true. And another thing is, oh, the other thing I was going to say is a lot of the people that I've met that do something like judo or kendo are always the same story. Even the other guy did karate. It's something I did as a kid. And now as an adult, I work like that was, that was a fun thing to do as a child. (laughs) I'm an adult now. I don't need to do that anymore. So I'm not, I'm not going to generalize here, but 
Yeah, I've met a lot of, so you got the coveted judo black belt. I've met a lot of adults, American adults. They're going after that. And again, I know it's not karate. We said karate versus, you know, karate. But it's still important to say this. I've met a lot of Americans that are like going after that judo black belt and they're having a hard time getting it. Like, oh man, they're so strict. Oh man, I've been doing judo for like eight years and the guy just won't promote me. He's sandbagging me for whatever reason. And I'm just kind of like, well, that's weird because I meet like judo black belts all the time. <laughs> and it's because they kind of, well, I mean, you're right. You started as junior high. You, you keep doing it till you're in high school. You're going to end up with a judo black belt. Um, that's actually, I have a whole video about it that Angelo will link right over here, wherever it's out there. But yeah, like in the U.S., you know, you got, again, you got to think context. For us, when we were getting martial arts from the East, I'm going to say just Asia in general, not just Japan, but Japan in particular, because they had the belt system, you only got one or two guys that had a black belt, period. And they would come to the U.S. or they would give it to somebody who went to visit them. But you, only, you had a very small pocket of people to teach you that were black belts. So it becomes easy to think, because I only know one black belt, black belts must be rare. But then you go to Japan or anywhere else where they do it in the schools and you realize this is just like a high school diploma. This is just what you're going to get if you do this for not that long of a time. Yeah. And then their and their abilities drastically vary. Mm -hmm. I, I, I've met um, I've met judo black belts doing Brazilian jiu jitsu that are really good, really good. They know lasso guard. They're doing X guard. I'm like They're doing stuff that I've never seen judo guys do. And I've also met black belts that look like a white belt like they just yeah they know the techniques they just haven't done them in a long time um they took like a 10-year break and they their muscle memory is there but their body isn't um or both are shot so like again it's kind of a mixed bag of of ability it doesn't necessarily mean that they're there's uh they're at the level of what a black belt would be and i would say the later is more common than the first yeah i've only i've only 10 years being out here I've only met I've only met one. I've only met one judo black belt where I was like severely like I was impressed. I was like, damn, this kid's good. He was a kid. He was younger. He was so he probably just got done. Just got it. Just got done starting college. So it's still there. He's still training all the time. And he was good. But that's the only kid I can think of. Everyone else, especially if they were adults. It was like they were starting all over again. And even one guy who was actually very, very, he wasn't Japanese. He's French and he follows the channel. And I'm not talking shit about you, man. I'm not, the way. I'm not talking shit about you, bro. You're, you're a great martial artist. I've seen you. Your judo is good. But um, but he his like, when we did nogi and stuff, like, again, he's not a nogi guy. The other guy that did nogi, I was surprised. Again, this kid was phenomenal. <laughs> this kid was phenomenal. This one kid was phenomenal. But he was definitely the exception, not the rule. Yeah. Um, as far as grappling is concerned. But going back to Japanese karate versus American karate as we get ready for our wrap up here. Um, if you're walking away from this, I just want to say that I feel that American karate is more diverse and will prepare you better for self-defense. That's my opinion. It'll prepare if that's what you're looking for, it'll prepare you better for self-defense. I feel Japanese karate will teach you more about Japanese culture, if that's what you're looking for. It'll teach you more about uh, cultural traditions. It'll make your overall karate, quote unquote, 
cleaner, if that's what you're looking for. If they keep using that word clean as far as like crisp. Um, and it'll also give you an advancement for a sports setting. Uh, if you were looking to go into the Olympics, for example, and do Japanese karate in the Olympics, then I do suggest that you get into Japanese karate and not the other variations of it because the path to that is going to be more difficult. If you're looking to get into MMA, I really suggest you stick to what you're doing in America. <laughs> that's, that's all I got to say. What, what's your wrap up, man? Um, first, I have a question for you because this is something we didn't, we ignored that we should have, I should have asked it early on. Is there any kind of attention given to the Karate Combat League in Japan? That's the weird thing, right? That's the new thing. I keep seeing it online. The Karate Combat League. And, and Dana White's, I don't know if he's sponsoring it, but he's definitely helping promote it because he's been he was grabbing, involved for a minute. And he's still, and even, even though he's not, in, I don't know what his involvement is now, but I do know he's helped pushing it because he's still grabbing fighters from there and putting them in the UFC. And this goes into a more broader conversation that in Japan, they're not following the UFC. Yeah. By by default, they're not following the what do you call it again? What's it called? Karate combat. Karate combat. I would say is American karate combat. <laughs> it's American well, so karate combat. <laughs> I think karate combat is the apex of combat karate, for lack of a better term, right now. I think it's where you're going to see the best of it because they got literal world champions, like Olympic world champions, coming in and competing against other world champions. It's the best karate you're ever going to see from non-Japanese people. There's like one or three Jap, like one to three Japanese people on the roster, but everyone else is. I've seen a lot of Sp Spain and France actually, a lot of Spain and France, and then of course a lot of U.S. and South America. Uh, so I wonder, like, is it just not big in Japan, or are people are is the same conversation as Country Kembo? Like, it's not karate. Okay, so we're gonna have to split this into two things: the yeah. public and then martial artists. Let's let's limit it to just martial artists because that's who's listening to this. Okay, so martial artists, Japanese martial artists may or may not know of it, and most Japanese martial artists are following Japanese martial arts venues like okay. Risen. Risen is huge. I don't know why. I think they only have like one tournament a year. Um, maybe they have more. You can correct me if I'm wrong. But I know in Japan, they uh, they will release, they do like one open tournament and it's, a, it's an MMA tournament and they on the roster, you'll have MMA kickboxing and sometimes even weird old school boxing versus kick, like the old school pride stuff where they have like the weird uh, freak shows, uh, a boxer versus a kickboxer and that kind of crap. They'll do that kind of like the old K1 venues, right? And K1, I don't know if K1 is still around I don't, and I don't want to. It's coming it. back. Coming back. But in Japan, um, when they talk about K1, they're talking about a long time ago. They're hardly ever talking right. about it now. Um, so Risen is kind of taking its place because K1 used to have that tournament. I'm pretty sure Risen guys and K1 guys mm -hmm. is probably the same. They're probably cross-promotion cross here. Um, but every year for New Year's, they have a big tournament called the Risen Tournament. And they bring in mostly people you've never heard of, but they all know of them. So if I talk to uh, any Japanese martial artist, They'll ask me after New Year's, oh, did you see the Risen tournament? And I'm like, and I'll be honest. Look, I say like this, and it's not that I don't care about Risen. I honestly don't follow the UFC, Risen, or any popular promotion the way I should. Hackleman always calls me out on this because I just don't have time. Like, <laughs> that's really what it comes down to. I don't have time. I wish I had more time. 
because my problem is if I'm going to watch something, I can't watch it like a casual person. I can't just put it on and be like, okay, let me watch the fight. Oh, he won the fight. No, I can't do that. I have to watch how he won the fight. I want to know what made him win the fight. I'm going to rewind a few times. So what would take someone the average, whatever, if it's a full three rounds, if it's champion match, five rounds, what would take someone 25 minutes to watch takes me an hour because I'm going to watch it more than once to see what happened. And because of that, I don't have the time. Unless there's something very valuable I can pull out of that for my students, I just don't have the time. Um, So, yeah. So, to to answer your question, um, your question was, what are they following? They're not following that. not following many. Most of the American promotions, they're not following. They're always following a Japanese fighter. Boxing. They're always following Inoue. They're following their famous guys. Wherever their famous top Japanese guy is, whatever he's doing, they're following him. Um, Notice I didn't say her. There's not a lot of, they're out there. I know because I follow the people I train with are promoters locally here. So there are a, there's a large group of women fighting out here. They're not known in the public sphere at all in Japan or in America, but there's a large group of them. Um, So like, it's kind of weird as far as like martial artists are following Japanese stuff. They're very much about supporting Japan. They're being very Japanese about everything. They're supporting Japan, and most of it's all done locally and hardly ever leaves outside of Japan. And they don't really follow anything outside unless something outside comes in. And again, they're usually freak fights. Like, they'll have some unknown person. Again, I don't follow UFC very well, but when they do bring in, they'll they'll title matches. UFC versus Gretchen. Have you heard of Gretchen? Mm -mm. Right? It's huge out here. If I say Gretchen to someone who does martial arts, they'll know what I'm talking about. It'd be like saying one championship to, to someone in America. It's not as famous okay. as you see, but they know of it. So if I see things like Gretchen or War in my area, War Dog, um, that would be like saying Bellator. Um, these kind of words like they mean something to martial artists, and that's it. Uh, but outside, it's like it doesn't work in reverse. It just doesn't work in reverse, if that answers your question. It does. It's just, it's really fascinating to think like going back to what we started with this, right? Like karate means one specific thing. And it's, I mean, this is just, this is just how big the planet is that you go across the ocean, game a telephone, the original instructor in Japan teaches a guy here, teaches a guy here. By the time it reaches New York city, it's a totally different thing. I think this is super dumb and reductive. I think the thing that makes Kajukembo not karate is that we don't wear a white gi. And I'm saying that not to not to dismiss anything about it, but like, these are the rules of the sport. We don't follow the rules, therefore that's not what we're doing. You know? And it's as simple as that. Like, we've, we've just had an hour-long conversation of a half-hour podcast, but it's as simple as that. The more removed you get from what the, the head organization or the originator says, the less you are that thing. I could say, because, actually, here, let me ask you this. Because kudo is an offshoot of Kyokushin, and they wear blue geese. They wear green, or sorry, white and blue. So are they are they seen as karate style or just something different? And that's the thing. So Kudo, I love Kudo, by the way. I, 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 when I saw it at first, I wanted to do it. I couldn't find it in my area. It's something that's very difficult to find in Japan, but it's out there. Um, oh, one thing I should mention before I go on Kudo. A lot of Kudo guys do MMA. In mm-hmm. fact... Every MMA guy does all the stuff we just talked about. Yep. There's not one MMA guy. There's a few of them. But for the most part, every single MMA guy is going to come from judo, karate, 
or Kyukushin. They're going to come from that because that's what they did originally. So they're, they're, every, but the reverse doesn't work. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. not like they got into it because they thought they didn't see it as a path to that. It's just something that happened. So it is interesting that, and then now recently, there are people that are just coming in straight for MMA. They're, they're bypassing, just like in America, they're bypassing the traditional martial arts. They're just jumping into an MMA gym and they're doing MMA. Now, that being said, Kudo is interesting because I've heard of it. A lot of Japanese people, when I bring it up, they're like, Japanese martial artists are like, kind of heard of it, kind of not. It's not as, like, only the real martial arts geeks will know what Kudo is, even in Japan. I guess I guess it could be argued the same thing in America, right? Like, it's still I know very what Kudo new. is, you know what Kudo is, um, but you'd have to kind of really be paying attention on your news feed when it comes up to find out what kudo is. In fact, probably people watching are like, what's kudo? And they're Googling it right now. Yeah. Um, so like, it's here first. Yeah. You heard it here first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you heard it here first. yeah. Subscribe. Like, subscribe. Like share. With That's, your how you That's how you YouTube. That's how you YouTube. That's how you YouTube right there. <laughs> so does that answer your question? It does. Yeah. Um, Cause yeah, I mean, in general, it's a new thing. So the zeitgeist might not even cut up with it about saying, is it karate or not? Because nobody even knows what it is. And kind, of like as, Kaji, kind of like Kaji Kembo here. <laughs> yeah. Ironically enough, um, I also teach Bang Muay Thai now, which anybody who does Muay Thai will look at it and tell you that's not Muay Thai. That's mm-hmm. not what it is at all. But we're not standing upright. We don't talk about the white crew. We don't use the Thai terminology. So for there, I'm like, there's no argument. Yeah, that's not Muay Thai. But it does do a rank structure. We go from white belt to black belt, but we don't do it in a gi. We punch to the face. You know, we incorporate a lot of boxing, so it's not karate. It is what America says it is. It is a mixed martial art. You know? Um, so it's interesting that, like, I can look at Bang Muay Thai and say, this is not Muay Thai, and here's the reasons why. But you say the same thing about Kajukembo and karate, and I'm like, still sounds like karate to me. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's the, I guess that's the, uh, and again, I always try to avoid the what is Kajukembo thing. You want to see that? It's at the end of every one of my episodes. There's a "What Is Kajukembo" podcast. Well, if, you're, if you don't want, to, if you want to know a long conversation that I've draw, I beat that dead horse so bad. It's a zombie. You know now. what though? <laughs> you, I feel like I'm realizing you have always had the perfect answer to that question. It's just an American martial art. And then you think about what is America? It's a melting pot of a bunch of different cultures. It's not really tied to any one of them. It just is all of them. That's what Kajukembo is. Yeah. Is me. it karate? A little bit. Is it judo? A little bit. Is it kung fu? A little bit. It's just an American martial art, and that can mean whatever you want. It's not MMA. MMA is its own thing. It's a sport. But it is a. It is almost the American martial art. Yeah. I, that That's my strongest argument. It is the American martial art. I mean, I'm not saying it's the first, and it won't be the last. But, uh, yeah, it's a pretty prominent... American martial art, if you do martial arts. If you don't do martial arts, and even some of you that do martial arts, like, might not know what it is. And I've, I've accepted this. Like, there's nothing I can do about it. I can make a podcast. <laughs> I can do a podcast. I would say, I would say this. <laughs> and we can almost, I don't know. You could decide when we end. I just think this is a cool thought to end on because I think everything, I think it's great. I think American Kempo Karate, Ed Parker's Kempo lineage, is the American karate and 
Kaju Kembo is to American Kempo as Kudo is to Kyokushin and Karate. I would I would agree. I would agree. Because most, yeah, because again, that would make more sense. More Kyokushin guys would probably know what Kudo is. Yeah, that, that's actually a pretty good analogy. I would agree with that. I would agree with that. So yeah. for everybody watching, I hope you got something out of this. Um, and if you have any questions or comments, throw them in there. Also, if, uh, okay, some of hold you on, can... Hold on, <laughs> If you have any questions or comments, come to my channel, because I'll actually answer you. Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll answer you. Too. <laughs> well, I'll answer you. I'll answer you. I'm not going to argue with you, though. If you sit there and you're like, and you start saying like, uh, well, what, what was one, one person, uh, what did one person say? Oh, yeah, if you start arguing with someone else, do you do you jump into arguments of people arguing with each other? Do you do that? I fuel it. I'll fuel, fuel it. I will engage. I don't say anything. I just hit heart. Heart, 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 all of it. So they just that's too. Yeah, yeah. I guess I heart that. I heart that. I keep hearting it. But um, but honestly, like if someone tries to say something, like uh, I think the most I, one, like it's really ridiculous. And I'm sorry for you. If you want to end it right now, you can hit stop right now. We're not. We're now drifting away from karate versus <laughs> our, our original topic. But um, Hackleman's one of Hackleman's videos that I do of him. One of the on my show, one of the podcasts we did, a guy jumped in, and, and like I forgot what thumbnail I used, but he kind of trolled like Hackleman, and I forgot what he said. It was something along the lines of "This guy doesn't know that he sounds what he's talking about," <laughs> something like that, something along those lines. Like, who the fuck is this guy? He doesn't sound like he knows what he's talking about. I I I think Kajukembo is uh is McDo is a McDojo at best from what this guy just said. And I, my only comment, I was like, I got to say, I can't just say thanks for watching the show like I always do and walk away from this. So my response was, well, I don't know much about it. I just know that he's Chuck Liddell's coach. So maybe you'd have to take it up with him to get more details. And then the guy didn't comment after that. I think he was like, oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> he realized, you know, open mouth, insert foot. Like, what are those moments? But like, again, um, yeah, I, I, yeah, you can comment. <laughs> But if you try to start a fight with me, you'll notice right away. I don't it, look. You want to have a conversation with me? Oh, and that's what I was going to say. Some people lately have been looking at my videos and been like, "Hey, interview me about the topic you just did." <laughs> like a yeah. lot of people would do that to me. And look, I am open to have anybody on the show, I'm not just huge YouTubers like Rob over here. Um, I have I have small people on the show. I don't mind that. But please, if you want to be on the show, come at me with a new idea. Okay. That's what you're gonna say. If you want to be on the show, please Venmo me. Yeah. 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 Venmo. Keep me here. Yeah. Venmo me. PayPal me. We'll be not. <laughs> All jokes aside. Yeah. Come at me with a new idea. If you liked what I saw, but you feel like there's a different perspective or a different topic you want to cover that's kind of related, I can do that. But if I don't respond to you right away because you kind of brought up that you want to keep talking about the same topic, that's where I'm kind of like, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Either way. On that rant, because I love a nice rant, don't forget to subscribe to Combat Self-Defense. You saw it earlier. Rob Roland, he comes out with videos once a week where he not only breaks down techniques, um, he also breaks down styles. He does a lot of research, a lot of shit that I just, again, don't have time to do. <laughs> I'd yeah, rather the just Googling do you won't do, I do the Googling. Yeah, yeah he does the Googling <laughs> I won't do. Like I just want to sit here, talk some shit, and then go teach martial arts. If you heard, let if you me, heard the, yeah, go ahead. Let me throw you something though, uh, because you're very good at talking me up. A lot of my time, a lot of times, my video ideas 
come from podcasts you do. And it'll literally be like, here's the thing. I don't want to research it, but you can blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, all right, I'll research it. And then, then now I have an idea. Well, I'm glad I could be someone's views. <laughs> <laughs> That's the great thing about your channel is that like you do a lot of like you have really good, cool ideas, really cool guests. And then you're like, eh, I'm not going to look that up, but whatever, whatever. And then go cool, do that. It's great. <laughs> There you go. And then boom, a million dollars. There it is. So if you're an aspiring YouTuber and you're looking for ideas, feel free to steal mine. And they'll give it to you for free. I'll give it to you for free because I'm not gonna I'm not gonna follow through with any of this shit. I, I got some I got someone else coming on next week and I'm gonna talk about something completely different. And I also don't break down techniques. I know people have been asking me to break down techniques. For you people that want me to break down techniques, just don't. I will do it. Like if you want a certain technique, I had uh, the whole jujitsu series was not because I wanted to do it. It's because someone asked me for it. So like, if you do have stuff you want me to break down, comment, I will break it down for you and put a public video, but it's just not my thing. I like this. I like doing this. I like talking to people with purple lights in the background, talking shit. That's just what I do. <laughs> I'm best. That's where I do my best work. So thank you for your support for social jello with Angelo podcast. Anything you want to plug in before you go? Yeah. Subscribe to social jello with Angelo. Give me a visit at combat self-defense. If you want to do that, um, drop a comment down below letting me know what you want to repeat from this conversation in your conversation with Angela. <laughs> oh, and also, if you want Rob to research anything, put it in there. Yeah, research I'll it. make a video on it for free. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. Take care. Catch you next time. See y'all.